Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A few more seats being added for the Sean Mendez tour date. When it comes to Rogers Place, July 5th. Tickets uh, hopping on sale looks like, oh, today. Go hop on and, and get them if you'd like. Oilers tickets should be a hot commodity the rest of the way. I mean, they always are. We know that. But uh, the team is ticking right now. First six-game winning streak in uh, just about seven years <laughs> by uh, by my math. I'm Actually, that's Reed Wilkins' math, so hold him accountable, not me. It is uh, 1236 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here with you. Some guests of the show, as you know, receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, Every meal is an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. All right. You don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from our next guest. So do I, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It's brought to you each Friday by Mid-City Construction Management, providing you with the highest quality and most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. Visit mid-city.ca. Hello, Elliot. How's it going today? Everything is good. How are you doing today, Brennan? Things are good. The weather's turning out here in the western part oh, yeah? of Canada. It's it's not too bad, Elliot. We're projected to hit about 20 degrees today. Nice. It, well, not quite the weather that the Oilers just got in their three-game California road trip, but we'll take it. And it doesn't... Yeah, doesn't... we just had hail, so i take that too. <laughs> well, uh, Austin Matthews is keeping things nice and, and hot out in that part of the, the nation, isn't he? Like, we're getting a lot mm-hmm. of talk about this... I want to, I guess, have you sort of frame the significance of it in terms of him passing Rick Vive. You know, it's a long-storied franchise. It's almost hard to believe that now we're seeing the modern incarnation of, of greatness like this in and amongst so much other greatness as Maple Leafs were. Well, you guys are used to this, right? You guys are used to incredible... Uh, offensive performance. You go from Gretzky uh, now to McDavid. I mean, you guys, you guys are used to 90 goal scores, 70 goal scores, 130 point guys. Um, like Edmonton must be yawning at what's going on in Toronto right now. But you know, Toronto. You know, we didn't have our first 50 goal score in this city till the early 80s. That was Rick Vive. I think. I mean, there's only been three. Um, Vive, Andrew Chuck, and, and, and Gary Lehman. And now Matthew sets the record. And, uh, you know, it, to me, it's the, it, it's the greatest offensive season in team history. Uh, there have been some incredible feats here. You know, Daryl Sittler had the 10-point night. Uh, Ian Turnbull had a five-goal game for a defenseman. But, uh, like, this, this season, he's got 56 goals now. This is the, the greatest offensive season in Toronto history. And... The one he scored last night to win the game against Dallas, um, that's just an elite offensive high IQ play. And they've, they've never had, for all their Hall of Famers, for all their great players, they've never had anyone like them. 
And it's going to be interesting to see if he wins the hard trophy this year. It certainly is. And I listened to so much of the conversation and everybody's willing to discount McDavid because Dreisaitl plays no, on the same team. No, but, no, 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 no. But, I think that's stupid talk. Like, I, I really do. I think that's stupid Twitter talk. Like, I, I do. I don't think people with brains really think like that. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I think McDavid is very much in the race. Um, you know, like, I, I look at... Um, like to me, I think it's seven people on my list and in no particular order. I've got Matthews. I've got McDavid. I've got Yossi. I've got Shesterkin. I've got Crosby. I've got Kaprizov and I've got Johnny Goudreau. Like that's the group I'm kind of looking at. I, I don't think anybody with a brain, um, discounts McDavid because he plays with, uh, uh, Dreisaitl. I really don't. Um, you know, McDavid's, uh, McDavid's won his MVP a couple times. Dreisaitl's won the MVP. Um, you know, I, I don't think that that thinking is based in reality. I think that's stupid idiot stuff that people say on Twitter and people just believe it because they're not smart enough to discount it. <laughs> it's fun to get inflamed about stuff, right? I guess, oh, yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to do is just put into context for, like, we don't, um, I don't think we get to see as much of Austin Matthews as would be required to really appreciate him as an MVP caliber player because we see all the offensive stats out here, just as I'm sure there's plenty of people who go to bed long before McDavid's offensive stats sort of take the headlines there. What is it when Matthews is is not finding the back of the net at this clip that also helps like that is, I guess, uh, where he's the reason for the Toronto Maple Leafs winning a hockey game. You know, I, I imagine there's a lot more than he's doing than just putting the puck in the net that's helping this team to where it is right now. Now, you know, I think some of the diehards out here talk about him as a Selkie contender. I think that's too far, but I do think he's really improved his all-around game. Um, he's excellent at stealing the puck off other players. He's, he's created a number of scoring chances and goals this year. Um, you know, lifting the stick of someone trying to go the other way and stealing the puck from them and turning it into something. He's really become uh, dangerous at that. Um, he's a strong guy. Like, you know, um, you know he's, he's, he's got a power. He's a powerful guy. And he's difficult to bump off the puck. He he doesn't get caught up in, you know, all, you know, like last night at the beginning of the game, Dallas was really bumping him, as they should. You know, he's a guy who deserves a lot of attention. And he kind of just shrugs it off and finds a way to get to open holes. I think his, I think his defensive game has really improved. I don't think he's one of the best defensive players in the league. But I think he's really improved at it. And I think when he loses the puck, he goes back and he gets it. Or he goes and he gets it. And that, to me, is one of the, the the things that has improved the most about his game. But the biggest thing he does to win games uh, is that he scores. And he scores a lot. And he's got a heck of a shot. And he's improved it. And, uh, like, he's, you know, like, like him and McDavid, they're, they're wired the same way. They want to win. They work on their games. They improve their games. Every year they get better. And they're determined people. They're, they've got a lot in common. 
it's all very good for hockey. What they're both doing, what Leon's doing, what Johnny Goudreau's doing, what Mitch Marner's doing. It's awesome. And I want to get your thoughts as we chat with Elliot Friedman here for NHL or from NHL Hockey on Rogers, rather. Roman Yossi might be the best player barely being talked about this year. And of course, as the season draws to an end and we see what he could possibly do and just in terms of the points totals. Like that's got to be a true MVP candidate when you talk about Roman Yossi and what he's meant to Nashville's success this year. Oh, I, I think he's definitely in the conversation. There, there's no doubt about that. I think, you know, I, I think he's probably the Norris favorite along with the likes of, you know, Kel McCarr. I think Aaron Ekblad would have been there, Brennan, but, you know, his injury kind of knocked him out a bit. I think it's probably Yossi versus McCarr for that. Um, but he's also in the heart race. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's looking at the, the, one of the best offensive seasons for a defenseman in history. He's got a shot at a hundred points. Um, you know, we haven't seen that in an awful long time for a defenseman. Uh, you know, Nashville is a team this year. Uh, they weren't supposed to be very good. I don't know exactly what people kind of expected them, but they weren't a guaranteed playoff lock and they're probably going to get in. And he's got a lot to do with that. I mean, so does Sorrow, so does Forsberg, so does Johansson, so does Duchesne. But Yossi is the engine. He drives them. And I think he's absolutely in the conversation. I have no doubt, Brandon, if he gets to 100 points, he's going to get a lot of votes for the heart. Um, and like I said, he's, he's in the wheelhouse. I, uh, I, I, like I, would I be surprised if he won it if he got 100 points? No, no, I wouldn't. So he's definitely in that conversation too. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting year when you're talking about a defenseman approaching 100 points and being in that conversation. And and the numbers for Igor Shosturkin, they've they've come back down to earth a little bit, but it wasn't that long ago he was kicking at a 940 save percentage. I think he's he's down to 933 now. But I mean, this they're the real deal, you know. And this was supposed to at some point maybe be more of a goaltending split with with Gorgiev, and it's it hasn't been that at all. This has been very much Shosturkin leading uh, the Rangers and in, in from the back end, in a sense, too, right? So, I, yeah. I, you know, I wonder, in your opinion, that, can you recall such a diverse uh, Hart Trophy race in recent memory? Um, uh, probably the one Taylor Hall, Nathan McKinnon, uh, the one that Taylor Hall won. I think that that was a pretty, uh, that one was pretty diverse. I mean, I don't know if there's, like, like, you know, one of the things that's kind of happened, unfortunately, with Edmonton's results not always being great, I think it's probably Rob McDavid of, a, of maybe one, if not two more Hart trophies. And I think that's kind of thrown it a bit more open here and there. But th- like last year, the toughest one was the Norris. And Adam Fox won it. And I think if you look at a lot of ballots, there were a lot of – like I had Mackenzie Weger number two on my ballot – and, you know, some other players, like people looked at the ballots and they thought they were pretty wide and crazy. This reminds me a lot like that. Like, I didn't even, ma- I don't think I mentioned Crosby, and he's in my sort of group too. Like, I do think this year, I think there's going to be a lot of um, Matthews. I think there's going to be a lot of Yossi. I think there's going to be a lot of McDavid. And then I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Do people have, you know, Shesterkin on the ballot? Do people have Goudreau on the ballot? Do people have Crosby on it? Do people have Kaprizov? I think it's going to be kind of all over the place. Like, you know, for me, Goudreau, he had, like, I, he's had a chance to get 95 even strength points, which would be tied for 15th best all time. 
And like that's an incredible accomplishment. To, you know, the NHL is one at even strength. Yes, I know there are people out there who want more power plays and things like that, but you truly win the NHL at even strength. And for a guy to have a chance to have the 15th best even strength point season of all time, I, I think that's pretty incredible. Now, going into this offseason... I know no, that it'll be a popular take in Edmonton, too, so you know, I'm happy well, to deliver it. Far be it for us to credit the Flames or Leafs for anything on this show. <laughs> will the Flames be the ones... <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> will the Flames be the ones, Elliot, to, to ultimately secure his services, or do you think that they are looking at this as, you know, he's obviously in a contract year bump right now. I think that's... We've seen him do this before, but probably not to this level. You wonder whether he's able to achieve this highest ceiling anywhere else, but, you know... You don't want to get caught in that contract year curse. Uh, this is an interesting situation moving into the offseason for Calgary, isn't it? It is, and, and I do think they will take a run at, at trying to sign him, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, look, his his value is going through the roof. There's There's no question about that. I don't think there's any lack of desire to play in Calgary. Uh, like, for example, I don't think he's saying, I'm not going to stay here long term. But, you know, the Flames are going to have to come in at market value and or close to it. And that's a big challenge in this day and age. They've got, they've got him. They've got Kachuk. They've got a lot of guys coming up. And I, I think that I, I don't think there's going to be a lack of desire to do it. I think the big question is going to be what's going to have to happen around it. Let's wrap up with a couple quick hitters here. Elliot Friedman joining us from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Uh, as far as the Oilers go, they've they've got it at least back to a situation where I think the goaltending now is, is more a reflection of what they envisioned it would be all season. Smith is healthy. Smith has started three in a row, and he's won three in a row while really putting that confidence into the back end. Do you, do you see that... Um, I mean, I think that a rising tide is floating all boats here in Edmonton, but in particular, the goaltending returning to average, the impact that that's had on this team since Jay Woodcroft has taken over. Where's your assessment there? Well, I think that I was talking about this with Merrick earlier today. I wonder if this is going to be a unique situation where both guys play in the playoffs. And first of all, I do think the Oilers will get there. They still have to clinch, but I, you know, I, I, I think I, I feel a lot more confident now than I did maybe two months ago. Um, you know, but I, I think one of the things that did happen that, that I look at right now is that if, if the playoffs are such a slog, and ideally you want your Vasilevsky, right? He plays 28 games in a row, every minute of every game, and you win the Stanley Cup because he's that good. Well, there's only so many Vasilevskis to go around. Now, generally, I don't like Brandon rotating goalies. I just wonder if, if it's your best path. I know Koskinen hates it when people talk about this, but the organization does believe the more games he plays in a row, the less effective he gets. And I think there's probably an argument to be made about that with Mike Smith, too, and also just the wear and tear it puts on his body. So one of the things I'm kind of wondering is, is if – um, look, he had a big week, and I think it's great for him. I just wonder if, if they get to the playoffs, you know, do they look at it and say both guys are going to play? And it may not be, okay, Smith gets game one, Costin gets game two, or vice versa. But what happens if, you know, one guy gets two or three games in a row and then the other guy has to play? I, I'm really curious to see what you guys are going to do. 
because you there is real evidence that the more your guys play in a row, the more they struggle. And that's going to be unique for this kind of playoff scenario this year. Yeah, and fortunately for both of the goaltenders, the the team playing in front of them has certainly battened down the hatches and, and will need to in a playoff setting as well. A couple of, um, Elliot, we've got the NCAA signing season wide open today. The Frozen Four eliminated two teams, and so all of the Michigan guys basically have signed today. But... Oilers property, Carter Savoy scoring that game winner last night. Is he a player? I think we've talked about this with Bob. Is he a player you can see signing a pro deal once uh, Denver's season comes to an end this weekend? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, you know, ultimately it comes down to two sides willing to make a deal. It's always like the one thing that's different this year is that it's always harder when you're in a race. Now, if Edmonton gets into a situation where they feel they're going to make it, it makes it easier to do it. And you guys are getting closer to that right now. You know, the other thing, too, is the season doesn't end until the end of April this week. So you've got a couple extra weeks grace. I think that's a benefit to the teams and the players this year because there is a bit more time if you think you're going to be clear. I just, like, like I've got to think that, I've got to think it's possible. If Bob says it's possible, I definitely think it's possible, and I've heard the rumors about it. I just think that on some level it could come down to do the Oilers feel they can get them into action this year. Love the insight, Elliot. Always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll let you go and chat next week, okay? All right. Once again, didn't miss Bob. (laughs) I'll make sure he knows that. Someone will text him and tell him. (laughs) Thanks, Elliot. Cheers. Take, take care. Absolutely. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. I'm making Cody Jansen work. We've got a lot of things to pay for. We'll come back on Oilers now after this. It's Brendan Escott with you today. Mark Spector coming up after our next Global News tra- weather traffic update. There we go. Um, Oilers now injury report right now, though. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Not much doing for the Oilers. We know Oscar Clefbaum's missed the last well two seasons with a shoulder defect or a degenerative shoulder condition. And Chris Russell out right now in COVID-19 protocol as per hockey reference what about those avalanche they're next on the docket cody so we had a couple of questions on the text line and nathan mckinnon he is back in playing they had that little scare after the fight he seems to be fine he had a couple of points against pittsburgh the other night as did darren helm fun fact there uh gabriel landeskog he's still out after getting knee surgery and nazem kondrick is uh, still out with an upper body injury they say he could be out until the start of playoffs so that's a big loss for them like they're missing some key pieces coming here saturday night it's a chance for the Oilers to take advantage of that. So it sounds like a good case scenario that they'll be without Kadri, without Landis Cog. And if you're talking about making hay while the sun is shining, well, cock-a-doodle-doo, man, the sun's up. <laughs> it is up. It is, uh, well, hey, again, they're riding a six-game win streak. So whatever they're doing, whether there's legitimacy to the fact that they're able to look at this at a, as a, a game at a time and they're not overwhelming themselves with the bigger picture, whatever it is, they've had the Woodcroft Kool-Aid and it's clearly working. I'm ready basically at this point to say that this is a long-term thing. There's still some people that don't want to go that far. I'm willing to. This should be the head coach of the future. We'll see what they do in the playoffs. We'll talk to Mark Spector about all that when we come back after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.